Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I am your co-host, Barb Allen, and this is our 74th episode. About two years ago, I had the great honor and pleasure of being at a huge event with my son, Sean, and we heard a ton of speakers that just blew us away. One of those speakers was Carmen Tarleton. Her story of tragedy and survival and triumph is far and away one of the most extraordinary ones I've ever heard. We got to meet her in person, and then she was kind enough to take the time to share her story with us here on American Snippets. And for a little a little backstory on her, it was in June 2007 when she was asleep in her home and her ex-husband woke her up. He had broken into their home and he violently sexually assaulted and beat her with a baseball bat before he went then and doused her with industrial strength lie. Her doctors called it the most horrific injury a human being could ever suffer. For three and a half months, Carmen was in a medically induced coma. She should have died several times according to medical beliefs, but she didn't. She survived and she has been in a fight for survival ever since. She has overcome so many hurdles. She was burned over 80% of her body. She lost her eyesight. She lost integral parts of her eye. She had an ear fall off and she had a full facial transplant, one surgery after another, after another. And yet, even when she was at her lowest of lows, questioning her ability to move on, she always sought to find a way to turn her her life into something positive and to take something positive out of this. And what is most extraordinary to me is her unbelievable commitment to forgiveness. She actually shared with us her ability, her clarity, her moment when she realized she had to actually forgive her ex-husband for what he'd done so that she could move forward with her life in a meaningful way. So if you have ever struggled with the ability to forgive someone for anything that they have done to you, you absolutely need to listen in here to Carmen's story because she will convince you of its power and its potential. You are listening to American Snippets. Um, One other thing that you speak often on and and deeply about is the power of forgiveness and what you went through to reach that place in your lives. And I know that there are so many people out there who struggle with this on, on various levels from, you know, forgiving the person who cut them off in traffic to forgiving the spouse that cheated on them, or my instance, forgiving the person that killed my husband. Um, you know, everybody's got their own struggle. So can right. you tell us a little bit more about how you decided to pursue forgiveness and why? What was your your motivation? What's come of it? My, my, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but in 2010, and I write about some of this in my book. Of course, the first book, I can't cover every story and every detail, but I uh, I was feeling blue. I didn't know why. I, you know, so I went and I always... Even in the, even before I was injured, if I felt like sort of stuck and, you know, I'm a growth person, I'm all about self-development. And even then I was, but I didn't know I was. So I said to my mother, you know, take me to the bookstore. And I started listening to all these different kinds of inspirational books and spiritual people and religious people and all these different kinds. Uh, and, 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 Louise Hay, I don't know if you know about her, but she's she's a very uh, gifted author. And she had a talk that I got on CD, and, and she said, you know, you don't really move forward 
until you forgive. In our country, in our society, forgiveness, we don't really know what forgiveness is. And I didn't know what true forgiveness was because I sat down and I started thinking about forgiveness. And I would remember a time when my sister, I have a sister that's a year older than me, so we, you know, fight and da-da-da. And I would get upset and, and, and then, but I, okay, I forgave her. And then, uh, you know, if it, the subject was brought up later, I was just as angry then as I was beginning. And that to me, that was not forgiveness. So I, I felt like we didn't know what true forgiveness is. So I had to find out what true forgiveness was. And true forgiveness is really the ability to look at yourself to, to look at everything you have done that's negative to other people and forgive yourself and to understand that we all, even the best, sweetest person is going to hurt somebody's feelings, is going to say something wrong, is going to be angry at somebody at some time. That's, 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 who, that's who we are. We have, and you know, so to me, forgiveness was about that. And once I was able to look in the mirror, in my mirror, and say, oh, okay, I treated. Now, we judge. Okay, he treated me a lot worse than I ever treated anybody. That's true. I did not, of course, I did not deserve that kind of treatment. Of course, I didn't. Of course. But the truth was, it was already done. And if I wasn't going to let go of that, if I could not forgive him, it wasn't going to hurt him it, you know, holding that anger towards somebody does not help hurt them. No. It doesn't hurt them. It hurts you. Forgiveness is about you. Forgiveness is about letting it, letting it go for yourself. Because once it's done, it's done. And we can be angry for years, and that's only stopping our own growth. That's only making us sick. That's all, you know, all of the stuff we hold that we are not letting go of negative things like that, especially the big stuff, the big tragedies. I understand, but you know what? I want to live. I want to move forward. I, I got things I want to do. And I can't be weighed down with being angry at him. I can't get mad at him every time I have to have a surgery. I mean, how many, how long are you going to blame him for every decision I make when I want a surgery? That's his fault. You know, it, it just get it just gets out of out of whack. So I, you know, so you forgive him. You you let him. You're not letting him off the hook. You're not condoning what he did. You're freeing yourself. You free yourself from that stuff, and it lets you go. And I I was able to do that. And to me, that was just another blessing. I had so many blessings. I had so many spirits on my side. And I was able to do that. And then, and after I did that, within six months, I was public speaking. I was disfigured then. It's very disfigured. It was difficult for people to look at me. So I had to shine my inner light so bright that people could look beyond my scarred face. And that's, that was, so that's what I learned from forgiveness. And I don't, I have compassion for him as a human being. He, his, my pain was temporary, is temporary. He caused me temporary pain. He's caused himself pain his whole life. He's taken his whole life. And so, you know, and so I have compassion for him as a human being. And, and I don't, 
I don't think I don't have any ill feelings towards him because ill feelings towards him or anybody else for a long period of time. If you don't deal with it and work through it, you're only hurting yourself. You're not hurting them at all. You're only hurting yourself. So you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. What's done is done. That is a very, that might be one of the most difficult, um, lessons to learn and difficult it, it, it is. to it practice. Is difficult. It is difficult because we are, we don't have that in our society. No. We have put them in jail, you know, execute them. <laughs> you know, we have all of these very strong perspectives and very strong feelings about people who commit terrible crimes, you know, and, and so, so, and that's but that kind. And I understand that. I understand that. And it's not like I, I, I don't disagree with, with people's feelings about that, but that's not how I think of it because that doesn't help us. Doesn't yeah, help. There's, and victims will stay victims in that kind of perspective. There's responding to it appropriately, you know, trials mm-hmm. and prisons and sentences. And there's a responding to it with hatred and bitterness. Um, and those two need to be compartmentalized and separated a little and maybe in order for true healing to, right. to happen. And you can't hang on like for, for, in my instance, I found that I became so consumed for when I got through the immediate aftermath of my husband's murder, I then allowed myself to be, to place my own survival, the dependence on my own recovery on the verdict. Well, I will be okay as soon as he goes to jail. I will be okay as soon as he gets the death penalty. I will be okay as soon as this happens. And then the the courts acquitted him. He was set free. And this whole system that I had established for myself out of bitterness and revenge and anger didn't have the strength. There was nothing there to sustain it because that outcome I had depended on didn't happen. I had to start all over. Because mm-hmm. I had, I had placed my own recovery in the wrong outlet on the wrong path. I didn't place it on myself. I placed it on something I was helpless to. Right. Something that, something you didn't have control of. Yes. Um, and yeah, some, you know, some, I mean, then you, you needed to happen, but you had no control had no over control it. Over it. Uh, and I didn't, if, if he had, if he had gone to jail and you had gotten what you wanted, you would have had start older anyway. Yes. And exactly. It It still would have been based on a false sense of recovery and healing. And I'm not sure that that's a lesson that can be absorbed and taught without being experienced um, because it It, is so deep. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I think a lot of, you know, that, and that's why I just say I share my story. Yeah. And especially with, you know, some people might hear my story and, and, and then something happens to them later in life. Yeah. And then they can remember that. And they call it back. Their, and and yes. what you do with your story and the way you write it and the way you tell it is for somebody who hasn't experienced a profound trauma or tragedy in their life, experiences it when they read your book. They experience it with you. They experience your life with you. And I, I don't think that that's something somebody can read your book and just shake off and forget. I feel like that's something that they will remember when they're faced with their own struggles. They'll call up one of the many, you know, lines or words that you have in there. Um, they will call that up and 
and experiment with it maybe and, and be, Oh my gosh, yes, she was onto something. (laughs) It worked. I just, you know, I, I, I just want, Darth, I just wanted to be the example. Yeah. If I chose to stay, which I did on some level, I I consciously chose to stay many, many times after I was injured as well. So if I chose to stay, I wanted, and I had this big event and this huge story that, that was just outrageous. I wanted to use it not only to my benefit, but everybody else. Yeah. I wanted it to, I wanted to put more positive energy in the world than the negative energy of that 15 minutes. That 15 minutes changed every aspect of my life in 15 minutes. And I, and it was so profound. I just wanted to use it for, for every, every, every person that I could, that could hear me, every person I could touch, whether I was aware of it or not. Right. That's what I felt I was meant to do. And for me to be involved in that event, that was a big part of why I was involved, you know, involved in that event. It wasn't because I was a battered woman in in that pattern that I wasn't. So that wasn't my lesson. So I needed to find, I needed to figure that out. And and that came almost easy because it was so obvious to me. It was so obvious. Carmen, when does your second book come out? I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've got about a third of it written. I, you know, now that I've been going through this treatment the last couple of months, I haven't been able to write at all. And, you know, and the publishing part is going to be, is unknown. I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to get it published. So, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping in the next year, I'm really hoping that once, um, you know, I'm through this rejection episode and I'm back to normal, that that's my job is to get this book done and, uh, you know, and I'll find a way I always do. So, but you know, it's a process. You can't push it. And I've tried to push it. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Just, I have to be patient. <laughs> I just have to wait. And, and go through the process. And, and I just want, I just, I really want this to be a really uh, outstanding, helping, supportive book for people. Yeah. So I'm you know, much uh, more careful. And I, you know, I wrote that book with the, with the, with the, with the company I hired. And I did that first book over the phone. I'd only written maybe 80, 80 pages of my stuff. And they, and so they integrated all of my stuff into that. And we did, so we did it very different back then. Um, and this time I, I'm doing it traditionally. I'm writing it myself on my computer and, you know, and, and that I don't have the physicality to do it as long as an, a regular person. So, right. so it's a, it's a different process for me. I'm excited because I know, I know how good it's going to be. You know, I, I know I've learned so much since the first book was published right when I had my face transplant four years ago, I right. wrote that five years ago and lots changed and I've grown and I, you know, a lot, I, you know, I'm just excited to share it. So I'm yeah, hoping and in this year. first book is really only half of your story because it seems it like, is. It, it, it is. seems like so many other things have happened afterwards. Oh that, yeah, that's the truth. So I am very excited to yeah. um, you know to get your next book when it comes out, and yeah. we will blast it out to everybody we can. And yeah. I don't know if there's anything I can do to help you in the process of getting it out, but if there is, uh, we're right there to see. Okay, I'll pick you in mind. I, I have. A, I know it's hard. I I have the two books I put out as well, and I know exactly how difficult it is to break through. There's a lot of it, it's a tough ceiling to punch through. 
It is. There, it, it is. Seems like and there's more I, people who are afraid of others succeeding. Yeah, and and certainly I'm physically challenged when it comes to doing physical things. So it it takes me longer. And, you know, that and that I must say has always been frustrating for me. Because when you lose a lot of your physical, you know, your your physical abilities at the age of 39, I was only 39 and and it was tough. It it was tough. So I, I get you know, I, I'm a little bit of a, of a, of a bull. I want to go in and get it done even now. And, <laughs> and I overdo it. And I, you know, I, so I get frustrated with that, but, but I, you know, over time I'm learning, <laughs> learning every day, it's a process, learning every day, how to live my life and how to, how to live <laughs> my life the way I want. Man, she is awesome, isn't she? Every single time I listen to that back, I am blown away again. Carmen also has a book. It is titled Overcome, Burned, Blinded, and Blessed. I would highly recommend you pick up a copy of this book and read it. In that book and in our full interview, Carmen talks about how while she had lost her eyesight initially, she went through huge lengths with her doctors helping her to regain some very, very limited eyesight. She was no longer fully blind, although certainly legal blind, legally blind. And her vision is such that most of us would find it very uh, oppressive, but yet she sees clearer than so many of us did, even with her slight physical vision. We just learned last week that Carmen had an infection in her eyes and she has now lost her eyesight again. So imagine, take a second and imagine what she has gone through. This horrific attack, these years of recovery, the overwhelming urge to use her story for something positive. She was coming out on top and now she is just thrown right back and she has lost her eyesight again. We don't know what her prognosis will be. We do know she is struggling financially as well because of all of these hardships. And her sister has launched a GoFundMe site for her. We are hoping to reach out into our American Snippets community and get people to spread the word and do what you can to help this extraordinary, extraordinary woman. If you want to know how to help her, please hop on over to American Snippets forward slash 074. You can also find the information on our Facebook page. We'll be posting it there. If you missed that, feel free to message us, info at americansnippets.com or message us right through our Facebook page or our Instagram page. Ask us how you can help. We will absolutely point you in the right direction. Please, please, it's the holiday season. Let's spread some cheer to this woman who has been through so much.